In a battle when things are going very badly, there comes a time of decision of whether or not to surrender to the enemy and beg for mercy. The thought of surrendering to our enemy is devastating. To come to the end of our ability to defend ourselves and see no way out destroys all hope and paints us as failures. So how do we become victorious in our battles when all seems lost? How do we maintain a sense of hope when surrounded by our failure to stand? The key to victory lies in to whom do we surrender? We must learn not to surrender to our enemy, but to surrender to our Lord, for it is He that fights our battles. Give a listen. I moved to California in July 1979. It wasn't long after that that I visited the beach and made my way out into the ocean. This was my first attempt to actually play in the waves. The first wave came at me when I was a short distance away from the shore. At first it didn't seem like much, the wave was only about two feet high, but once it hit me, it knocked me off my feet and rolled me under the water. I fought to get up above the wave, but I was held within the swirl and twirl of the wave as it pushed me towards the shore. I fought to save myself, but I was nothing more than a pebble in the great strength of the wave. I finally came up gasping for air. As I stood there breathing hard, I turned around and saw a bunch of people playing in the water and having a lot of fun. So, undaunted, I turned again and pushed forward to regain the distance I had lost. Once I got there, the next tall wave came and pummeled me again. I was tossed and turned, but I recognized this time I needed to surrender to the motion of the wave and not fight so I could retain my strength and be able to breathe. I had to be at peace and trust in the air in my lungs. I rested in what was within me. I surfaced in much better condition than the first time, but still had no idea how to face the waves. I turned to someone standing behind me and commented about being thrashed. The young man looked at me and said, You need to dive under the wave. There are a number of lessons here. There is a time to surrender, and there is a time to bypass the fight completely, and lastly, but not least, there is a time to surrender. I don't know how to deal with this, and I need help. So what do we trust when the waves of life push against us? How do we meet the onslaught? We can fight and fuss, or we can learn to trust what God has put within us. How do we strive to stay alive? And when is it time to recognize that we do not have the strength and come to the point and say, I surrender? When the storms assail, will my faith prevail? Upon my knees I fall, I relinquish all, I surrender. Is the pain too much for me to clutch the light to end my plight? Resting, I hold tight. I surrender. The battle is on. Where will I be drawn? Dark fear attacks my heart, yet trusting is the start. I surrender. A mindset of hope is the way to cope, knowing it isn't me. To his strength I flee. 
I surrender. To he who walks upon the storms, I surrender. To the one who is my light, I surrender. To the Lord in whom I trust, I surrender. So his strength in me comes forth, I surrender. I surrender. It's not an easy thing for women to surrender their hearts, and it's nearly an impossible thing for a man to surrender his ego. To let go of the reins, to let go of your freedom to choose, to let go of being your own boss, seems to some to be a sign of weakness and failure. But when will we recognize our inability to care for ourselves? There's no such thing as a self-made man or woman. The air they breathe is a gift from God. The brains they use were designed and made by God. No good thing exists that God did not form, make, or create. According to Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And now so consider Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And lastly, Psalm 144, verse 1. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Most people have no clue, let alone remember, that it is the Lord your God that gives you power to get wealth. And why does he do that? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to Israel a long time ago. So no self-made people. And then that first verse in Psalm 127, a lot of us are building things, but we haven't checked in with the Lord whether or not he's in charge. We need to check in with him first before we start our projects. And then that last verse in Psalm 144. God trains our hands for war. Like it or not, you are in a battle. Might be good to learn how to fight. And these are three little verses that show his involvement in our lives. That is, if we allow him and surrender. The Lord God Almighty is sovereign, but even in his sovereignty, he chooses to care for us. He thought of us before the first speck of dust existed in the universe. His love was the spark of creation. Try as we might, trying to direct our own steps might get us far in this world, but will not get us into the eternal. Many years ago, I had lunch with a friend and ended up complaining about my finances that were meager at the time. I complained that I was in debt. She happened to be the financial officer where she worked and oversaw the bookkeeping for the business and also the bookkeeping for the business owner's personal estate. He owned the company and a big house and a couple of cars, but he was also in debt. He had all the stuff, but he still complained. He did not have satisfaction. So, what is the goal of your life? What are you striving to accomplish and gain? And with what strength will you accomplish your goals? Consider what it says in Proverbs 15, verse 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. 
The fear of the Lord is a rich topic, but let me simply say at this time that one of the main elements of the fear of the Lord is reverence or respect of the Lord. This is where surrender comes in. We should kneel before the Lord God Almighty in all of his glorious great goodness. For all of his glory, for all of his greatness, his goodness is aimed at us. Therefore, to surrender to him, to honor him, to reverence him, it's for our own benefit. There are different ways to surrender. Perhaps one of the greatest surrenderings in our lives will be that we don't know it all. We come to that point where we are at our wits' end. We're not smart enough to figure out all of life's questions. Hopefully, this will lead us to a search for the answers which will lead us to God. Listen what happens to those who go to him. In James chapter 1, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that gives to all men liberally, and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. Uh, God recognizes that we don't know it all. So he gives liberally and doesn't complain about it. There will never be a time when he says to you, You're old enough. You should know how to do this. I've told you this before. Why can't you get it right? God is patient and he is gracious. And he loves it when his kids come and ask for help in true humility and surrender. Many years ago, well, actually almost three decades ago, I would daydream about making a wooden sculpture, but usually be more concerned with the money I might make than the actual making of the project. I would picture in my mind some sort of wooden artwork. I was new to this genre of artwork, and I had little training or skills in the field. I had begun to build cabinets, but was also new to that. So in trying to bring to pass this art project, I would go into my workshop and try to fashion what was in my mind and on the first attempt, utterly fail. This led to great frustration, at which point I would give up, go home, and go to sleep. I had no idea what I was doing. In my naivety, I did not consider that there might be a bit of research and development to get to where I wanted to go with my project. I had not considered that there might be prototype one and perhaps prototype two and even a prototype three until I got to where I wanted. I needed to learn this new craft. Living life is a process. I have endeavored to build this understanding into those younger than I by teaching them that life is work, usually hard work. And the sooner we get to the point that life is work, the sooner we will have control of life instead of it having control over us. I'm not usually in favor of the phrase, well, that's just the way things are. Yet there are certain laws in the universe that God has established. Learning how to do whatever is how we properly accomplish the elements of our life. When we were children, we had to learn how to walk, we had to learn how to talk, We had to learn how to tie our shoes. We had to learn everything. And that never changes. Again, this is where surrendering our heart and our ego come into play. Not all of us started out in a Christian home. Some of us started in a house where God was not considered as an option. 
And so we started out all on our own to figure it all out. We did not have God as a backup, so to speak. Those of us who have learned about our Heavenly Father realize that he's not a backup. He's the beginning and the end. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Without God, life is truly, shall I say, a bad thing and then you die? But when we have God in our life, then we can say, life's a joy and then Christ returns. Most of us have hopes and dreams for our lives. We see a destination that we are striving to arrive at. Some of us haven't gotten very far in accomplishing the journey in a favorable fashion. I'm here to tell you there is hope for everyone. No matter how young, no matter how old, no matter what, we have hope because we have a Heavenly Father who truly loves us. We have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who loved us enough to give himself for us that we might come into the presence of the Father. One morning as I was worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth, I knelt to my knees. Upon my knees, I felt a weight and bowed down and placed my arms on the floor in front of me and bowed my head to the floor. I will honestly say I am not used to this posture of prayer, but it can be a very powerful one, for it is a true depiction of surrender. As I knelt there in that posture, a feeling of vulnerability came upon me. I came into a recognition that I would be at the mercy of anyone standing above me. And then came the realization that true worship is surrender. This is another style or type of surrender. Though we may not always kneel before the Lord with our body, we must kneel before him with our hearts and minds and acknowledge the Lord God as sovereign. He is God and we are not. The battle in our life many times comes in the form of a decision. How we make that decision will determine the outcome. As I said in the beginning, we can surrender to our enemy or we can surrender to our Heavenly Father. The choice is truly ours. If we surrender to our enemy, we may lose that battle, but thankfully, because of the work of Jesus, we have not lost the war. We are still victorious. If we surrender to our Father, we will see Him defeat our enemy. So the time has come to decide to who or what will you surrender. I will surrender to the Lord. Cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit unto their authority. Give up or hand over. Abandon oneself entirely to give in. These are the dictionary definitions of surrender. We need to recognize that God is not our enemy or opponent and come to willingly submit to his authority. We need to give up and hand over our agenda and decision-making process to the Lord and allow him to direct our steps. We need to abandon ourselves entirely to his care. We need to give in to his will and love for us. Surrendering is not admitting to weakness or failure. It is a way of drawing closer to our Heavenly Father 
I surrender. What will you do?